Well, two weeks ago, we talked about Isaiah experiencing God's holiness and the holiness of God and, and what that means. And we read it in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, 1 through 5. Isaiah says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And then one of the things that we recognized in that was in experiencing God's presence, in experiencing God's holiness, Isaiah realized quickly how unholy he was, how far he fell short of the glory of God. And he confesses his sin. He says, woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. That when you experience God's holiness, it's pretty quickly you realize how far you are from that. And it and it a lot of times brings confession. It brings repentance. It brings the need to call out to God. And so like I said a little bit ago, if you've been joining with us and with the, the broader alliance uh, all week long, we've been focusing on confession and repentance. And uh, some of the devotionals this week were, were great. And it's not too late, by the way. If you still want to jump in and be a part of that, you can. Uh, like I said, just follow the links and they have devotions every day, uh, some prayer prompts, really good stuff. Um, and so today, we would just kind of want to take a similar journey to the one Isaiah did, the, a similar journey, and just come before God in his presence and then allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to show us places in our hearts that maybe are unholy, to show us how far short we fall, to show us how how short we fall for God's desire for, for us personally, how we fall short for God's desire for us as a church, for us to show us how uh, far we shall fall short of God's desire for us as a nation. And so as we confess our sin and we ask us to forgive, we just remember that God says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and purify us from unrighteousness. In, in the, the 40 Days of Prayer devotional this week, Ted Kang, uh, who wrote the devotional, I think around Wednesday maybe, uh, told a great story of confession. Maybe you remember it. Uh, but he said, as children, my brother and I would play with an antique Omega watch that belonged to my late grandfather. One day, play turned into fight, destroying the family heirloom. I managed to convince my younger brother that he was responsible for this crime. And then I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. We put what was left of the watch back in the drawer and kept the transgression a secret. For the next several weeks, I turned him into my personal slave. 
When he refused to serve me, all I had to do was point at my wrist as a reminder of my mercy. This went on for weeks until he got so tired of being held hostage that he decided to come clean. He tearfully confessed to my grandmother that he had broken the watch. I will never forget what I heard that day. With a gentle smile, my grandmother said, I know, I've just been waiting for you to tell me. He goes on to say one confession, set him free. And he says, our father calls us to confession, not because he's ignorant of our wrongs, but because our shame and guilt keep us from coming to him boldly. What freedom might you be missing out on because of unconfessed sin? We, we just sang, we just sang that, that Jesus takes our shame But could it be that your guilt and your shame are keeping you from coming to God? Could it be that your shame and that your guilt are hurting your prayer life? Because you don't have to live with those things. Remember what we talked about two weeks ago? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, the Bible says that we can boldly approach the throne. And some of you are missing out on the experience because your shame and your guilt are keeping you from approaching him. We've got to confess our sin. We've got to receive the forgiveness that is available. How sad if you don't. Confession is huge. Confession is life-changing. But there's something more that God desires for us than just confession. And that is repentance. See, confession is acknowledging that what you did was sin and that it was wrong, but repentance is doing something about it. Repentance is turning away from the sin that you've confessed and then living out the opposite. Turning away from sin, turning to God. Uh, another great quote that I ran across this week. You don't, this is uh, by, from Eugene Peterson. He says, you don't repent by taking a deep breath and then feel better. You only repent when you turn around and go back towards God. It doesn't make any difference how you feel. You can have the feeling or you don't have to have the feeling. What's essential is that you do something. The call to repentance is not a call to feel remorse for your sins. It's a call to turn around so that God can do something about them. Repentance begins with confession and turning away from the sin. But real repentance takes time. Real repentance isn't just, oh, I feel bad, so I'll stop for a week or two. 
Real repentance is a change of living. It's a change of heart that, a change that creates a new direction in life. And then it's continued walk in that direction of Christ when you used to walk in the opposite way. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect all the time. True repentance is usually hard. Sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you say, Lord, I repent of this. I'm done with it. You turn around, you walk away, and you never think about it again. Sometimes that happens. And when that happens, boy, is that a blessing. But sometimes... It's a process where you confess it, you turn away from it, you walk towards God, and then every once in a while you turn back and look at it again. But you're further away from it than you were. And you, but you still turn back, oh, and, and then you catch it, you confess it, you say, okay, Lord, that's not the direction I'm going anymore, and you continue to walk towards God. Now, sometimes in the beginning, you turn back and look more than you should. But as time goes, you get a little further. And as time goes, it's the sanctification process that as time goes, you become closer and closer to God. You become more and more holy. Sometimes repentance is a process that it takes time. It's a journey. You know, there's plenty of things that I've had to confess and repent of in my life. In the past year, in the past week, in the past how many hours I've been up. I mean, it's just the way it is. And it, some of it's stuff that I've confessed and repented of before, but it catches me looking. I've had to repent of a judgmental spirit because I, I can get judgy. I've confessed it, I've repented of it, I've turned to follow Christ, but sometimes I still catch myself like, like, eh, like that guy, like, like oh, what she did, mm-mm, like, you know, call yourself a Christian, mm-mm, no, I don't think so. Christian like that? Oh, say that, that? No. You know, I can get judgy. Now, I, I've repented it. I, I, I've, there's been plenty of times where I go, God, that's not what you want from me. I don't want that for me. I hate that about me. Father, I, I'm judgmental about this or that or what, him or her or whatever. God, I, I don't want that. I confess the sin and I say, Father, I'm turning towards you. And then somebody walks, you know, Somebody walks by me, and then it's like, oh, mm, uh, you know. And, and, I, and I'm further along than I was, but it's still a process of sanctification where, where I have to continually repent of it, confess it, repent of it, turn back towards God. I, I've been walking the path of of. Repentance over being a worrier. Ask my wife. I worry about everything. I get so worried that I worry her. I just do. That's who I am. And 
Yet God's word tells me, Jesus says pretty plainly, do not worry about tomorrow. But I, man, that's something I've had to confess a lot. Lord, I, man, I worry about this. You know, I, I worry about so many, I, I worry about everything. You know, we had, a, we had a meeting to talk about the budget this week. I was worried about that. Couldn't sleep. And I, after the meeting, was worried about it. Couldn't sleep. And I, and I kept going, like, God, you're going to take care of it. You have always been faithful. You, you know, you've been faithful to me in my personal life. You've been faithful to, to this church over and over again. Like, why am I worried? Father, I confess that I, I confess my worry to you. I confess my worry to you about all these things that I worry about. Lord, I'm turning away from it. I don't want to be my, to, to, because worry is really a lack of faith. Father, forgive me. I, I can be faithless a lot because I, I worry about a lot. Father, I confess that. I repent of faithlessness and I'm going to walk towards you and I'm not gonna walk towards worry. And I'm getting better. Bethany goes, eh, 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 you know. I'm, I'm having to take less to help me go to sleep at night. You know? But, but there's still those nights where it's like, it's just not going to happen. And so I've had to confess it. I've had to repent of it. But it's a process. I have to remind myself all the time, 80% of the stuff that I worry about never happens. I was in the shower this week and, and the, the water wasn't as hot as I thought it was gonna be. And I, I was sure, I was sure that it meant that there was a broken pipe in the wall and I was gonna have to tear out the walls and we were gonna have to buy a new drywall and then we were gonna have to patch it all and paint it all and and. Lord, I don't have time for this, and I don't, have, we don't, I don't want to spend all the money to do that. I was convinced, and then by the time I stepped out of the shower, I remember, oh, yeah, I was working on the hot water tank, so I turned the power off at the breaker box yesterday, and I hadn't turned it back on. So that's probably why the water wasn't all that warm. But, I mean, I had myself completely worried to death that I was going to be doing all this stuff. So yes, I struggle with worry a lot. It's a problem for me. I, I could be in a WA, Warriors Anonymous. And, and, but I, I have to regularly confess, Lord, I don't have the faith that I should. Because I, I don't trust that you would just take care of it like you always have. And so I turn back, I turn towards God. And sometimes I'm getting better at going, you know what, God's gonna take care of it. I'm not really worried. And it's, it's a, I'm getting there. I've had to repent of my words. James says that the tongue is a fire and I have started forest fires with mine. And it was sin and it is sin and it's wrong. And I've had to repent. And then I'll go a ways. And then I'll fall short. And then I confess it. And then I try to keep going. And I'm getting there. 
I'm slowly moving in the direction of Christ. I've had to repent of having too little prayer life. And I'm pursuing God and I'm gaining ground, but there's still days when I get to the end of the day and I have to confess, Lord, I didn't spend hardly any time with you today. So the next day I get back on track and I continue this lifetime path of repentance, moving away from sin and towards Jesus. It's a journey, it's a path that we walk as we continue to strive to be more like Jesus. And I'm headed in his direction only by the grace of God and through the power of his Holy Spirit at work within me. But real repentance is hard and real repentance takes work. And working it out takes time. And there are some things that I've walked a path of repentance over for years and I I finally have victory over and praise God. And I know that that victory is not for me. That makes... That makes praising God all, all the easier. But real repentance, it's not just seen over a, a week or a month or months. And sometimes we can get judgy of people because their repentance isn't taking as long as we would like it to. And, and we get really judgy of ourselves and can get so, uh, so much shame and so much guilt that we put on ourselves because we feel like we should be better. Repentance starts today. But it goes on till you have victory over it. And look, there's so much that we're not going to have total victory of on, on this side of heaven. But you can experience freedom. You can experience freedom. Repentance is a good thing. We always think of repentance as like a bad thing. But repentance is a good thing because it, it's the path to freedom. In Revelation 2 and 3, you see Jesus telling the churches, his people. The, it's not, not people outside the church. It's people in the church. You see Jesus telling them to repent. The church in Ephesus in Revelation 2.5, consider how far you've fallen, repent and do the things you did first. If you don't repent, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. To the church in Pergamum in Revelation 2.16, repent therefore, otherwise I will soon come and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. In Revelations 3, 1 through 3, to the church in Sardis, he says, Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard, hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Jesus telling his churches, you as a church need to repent. He says this to the church in Laodicea. This is Revelation 3, 14 to 20. He says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold, and I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, I don't need a thing. But you did not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. 
Those whom I rebuke, I, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here's the interesting thing that struck me this week. It's interesting that we use that last verse so often with unbelievers. But in context, that verse of, behold, I stand at the door and knock, in context, that verse is really for Christians who have turned away and become materialistic, self-sufficient, and have lukewarm faith. Behold, I stand at the door and knock is less about unbelievers opening the door of their heart to Christ, but more about believers repenting and reopening a door that they shut by their unrepentance. I wonder how God could be knocking on the door of your heart today. I wonder if maybe there's an area of your heart that you've shut off to God. And today, he stands at the door and knocks. Are you walking the path of repentance today? We always see it as a hard thing, as a struggle, but real repentance cultivates joy because in it, there's freedom. And in it, you're constantly moving towards the Father. So we're going to finish out the service with a time of prayer, a time of moving closer to the Father, a time of, of repentance, a time of personal repentance, a time of repentance as the church, a time as repentance for our nation. And so uh, I asked the elders earlier this week if you'd want to come up and, and just spend some time with me. I know Mike said he'd come up. You don't have to come up. You don't, I'm not, but. But while they're coming up and there's a couple of microphones up here, we can just sort of just go as the Spirit leads us. Um, if you have something God puts on your heart, just grab a mic. I'm going to go ahead and unmute them. So just... Uh, but let's pray. Father, we, we come to you and... We want to just say thank you because we know we've been atoned for by the blood of the Lamb. That our, our failures are your victories because you've already had victory over it on the cross. Father, right now we just want to welcome the Spirit's illuminating presence to bring light into the dark places of our soul.
So start this morning, just as you're praying, maybe start with this. This is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Make this your prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know if there's any anxious ways in me. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Just pray that to God. Just pray. See if there's any offensive way in me, Lord. And then what came to mind as you prayed those words? Ask God to reveal what is hidden. Pray that the Spirit will show you areas that are not aligned with how God created you. And so first of all, for just a few minutes, we just want to focus on personal sin. And if there's anything that you elders think of to bring up to, of personal sin that maybe you struggle with or, or that you, uh, if, if anything that we say resonates with your heart, just go ahead and confess that with us. Father, I, I repent because so often my thought life and the things that I, my heart meditates on are not of you. Father, I, I confess to you that so often I, I let media and, and things outside of, of your word become the things that my heart meditates on. And Father, I, I pray... I confess this to you and pray that you would forgive me. Father, I am so often angry and, and bitter. Father, I release that to you in the name of Jesus. Father, my pride. Oh, Lord, my pride. My, uh, I struggle so much with it. And at times, I'll, I'll think I've got a pretty good handle on it, and then I realize that's pride talking. Father, I confess that to you. I, I confess a, a sense of entitlement. that I 
deserve things. Father, I repent of of being religious, of doing things for the king rather than just spending time with the king. Father, I repent of being unloving. I confess to you. Uh, so often I do and say things that are unloving, that, um, that show a lack of commitment to people that I, I need to love. Father, in 1 Corinthians, it gives a list of things that are love, and yet so often I find myself not doing those things, of being impatient, of being unkind, of insisting on my own way, of keeping records of wrongs. Father, I repent of that. Father, I want to burn the file cabinets because I've got records on people going back 20, 30 years. Lord, I just release those to you. And I turn towards Jesus. Father, I, I repent of pride. I repent of thinking that, can you, I repent of thinking that um, I have everything figured out when I haven't sought your will in situations. Um, I repent, like, like Brian said, I thank you for the things he's Confessing, Lord, I could confess to a lot of the same things. I confess of being judgmental and thinking I know people's motivation and situations. Um, I repent of letting my frustrations spill out onto the people I love and care about. 
and um, letting situations steal my peace and and my lack of peace affecting my family and people that I love. Um, I confess and repent of um, lack of faithfulness when you prompt me to maybe reach out to somebody. Um, I let my comfort, especially in this time of COVID, that, you know, my life hasn't really changed very much. And I, uh, even when you're prompting me to reach out to somebody who's maybe going through something, I kind of convinced myself that they're fine and, you know, I don't need to follow through on your leading. I repent of that and pray for you to soften my heart. And I pray for any damaged relationships that there might be, the people that feel um, neglected or are unloved because of that. Um, pray that you will fill me with the spirit of dependence on you and uh, take away any thought that I can accomplish anything in my own power and any uh, pride that gets in the way of, of fulfilling what you have for me to do in my personal life and my family and in this church, Lord. Father, I repent of being judgmental. I heard a word used today that uh, would fit me pretty well as being judgy. I ask your forgiveness for that. I also have been shown that uh, I have a broad, broad band of selfishness. There are some things that I want and I want them now. And I want them done my way. I confess that to you, Father. That's not the way you want me to be. I confess to you, Lord, that there are things that I've said to people that I wish I could take back and erase the hearts. And I pray to your God that... Uh, that the language I use and the words that I say will be an encouragement to people and not judgmental or condemning or harsh. I pray, dear God, to help me to be an encourager and not a condemner. Father, I confess that so many times in my hurt, I hurt people I love. Whether by deed or action or, or something I say. God, I, I confess that to you. I, I've confessed it. And so often I still do it. God, I turn away from that. I don't want that. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning just repenting of worry. Father, it won't add anything to my life by worrying. And Father, I just turn it over to you. I, I know that uh, you're in control of all things. And I just repent for worrying about everything and everything.
and also for selfishness, Lord. I repent for being selfish, just thinking of myself and my own interests. Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, you touch me and take control of this tongue because it is full of evil. I repent of the evil thoughts and the, the evil things that come out of this mouth. And Father, I just take, pray that you take control of it. Father, we just thank you. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, for it is sufficient. And I give you the praise. I want to move on just for the sake of time. Uh, to repentance is the church. And this can be as, as Antioch Alliance Church or this can be as, as the church as a whole. Father, I confess as the church, we remain silent in a world that's desperate for the gospel. I repent that we've allowed the idea of families to be forgotten in our country. Father, I, I repent because your church has not spoken up enough about the sanctity of life. It's sanctity of life Sunday, and Father, we might talk about it one day, but Father, why don't we talk about it more? But Father, worse than that, maybe we're, we'll talk about abortion, but we forget about the young families and young couples and young ladies out there that are, that are struggling with a decision, that have forgotten how much you love them and how much you care for them. And partly because the church hasn't said anything. So, Father, I pray that you would forgive us. Father, I pray as a church that you would forgive us. As we were up here confessing, Lord, we, we all tend to be judgy. And so, Father, I pray on behalf of the church that you would forgive us for being judgmental. It's something that the, the, the church all over the world has become known for. So, Father, I pray that you would forgive us. I pray that you would forgive us for unforgiveness for, and for holding on to grudges. Father, as a church, that is not who we're supposed to be. Father, I pray and I confess to you that there's disunity in the church. It's not just Antioch. There's disunity in your church all over the place. Churches splitting, denominations splitting. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus against that. I pray against the spirit of disunity. Father, for, for my part in that, Father, I confess that and I repent of it. I don't want it. And Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, I pray for unity in the church. I pray for unity at Antioch. I pray for unity in the church in America because, Lord, we need it. 
And Father, unity for the church as a whole. Father, as a church, uh, so much division, so much dishonoring one another. Father, all the things that you talked about that, that is not supposed to describe us, factions and gossip, God forgive us. God forgive us. We repent of, of, of gossip in the church. Father, again, for, 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 my, for my part in that, Father, I repent. Father, for, for paranoia in the church, we're always looking out over our shoulder for the other guy who's trying to hurt us. And God, forgive us. Father, we, we pray that we would look at one another with faith, that we would recognize that. Father, uh, I repent of a lack of faith in the church. You look all over, and uh, we, we are, we as a, as a church, as Antioch, we as a church, as the church in America, we've, we, we worry so much. And Father, we, it's a lack of faith. So Father, I, I confess to you on behalf of the church, a lack of faith. And we know that, that we saw it in the Israelites, a lack of faith leads to wandering. And maybe that's why we have so many other things that we have to confess because we've been wandering around. So Father, I confess that and repent. I want to read an excerpt from the Spirit-filled Bible. It's from the book of Joel. It's the Holy Spirit's work in Joel. Now, Joel, or through Joel, God gave a vision of the coming of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon his people at Pentecost, following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the gift of the Holy and the gift of God's Holy Spirit to his people is the most critical part of our preparation to engage in spiritual warfare to defeat Satan's work in our lives and in the lives of others and certainly throughout the church. God's power is given through the Holy Spirit to enable us to be victorious in our warfare. God's spiritual gifts are given to enable us in specific ways to defeat the devil's schemes for in our lives and in the lives of others. And now from the book of Joel, and please think about the last 12 months of this so-called pandemic, and look at the parallel that might be here. The word of God, the word of the Lord came through Joel, the son of Penel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even the days of your father? Tell your children about it and let your children tell their children and their children the another generation. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, what the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten, and what the crawling locust left and, consume, and consuming locust has eaten. Skipping down into verse 13. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. 
Where you who minister before the altar, that's us. Come lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God, for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Blow the trumpet at Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation and assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from his dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give heritage to your reproach. That the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his people and his land, and he will pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to the people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you'll be sanctified by them. I will no longer make you reproach among the nations. Our Father and our God, I ask you, Lord, that And confess to you, Lord, that you know you hear the wail from me, and I know a lot of other people. Man, we want this thing over with that we're living under. I hear your church saying that. We want this over. We want to get back to normal. Well, what is normal? Is it the next sporting event we can go to? Is it the next concert we need to attend? Our ball game, our fishing trip, our hunting trip? What do you want? That's what we need to be asking. What do you want of us, Lord? And we need to answer, we are here for you. Not for self-pleasure. Not for the next hunting trip that I need to go on or the next fishing trip, or whatever it might be. But it's how can I serve you, and how can I serve others? How can I look across the road and look my neighbor in the eye and tell him I love him? Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we're asking you to put our fix on Jesus Christ. And there's an old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look true in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. May that be true, Lord. May that be true here in this church in Antioch. May that be true at Ebenezer. May that be true over at the Nazarenes. May that be true in every Bible-believing church across this land. And Father, I'm grateful for your written word. And I'm grateful that you are a God of deep compassion and deep love for us. And I also thank you, Lord, that I know that you have an attentive ear to your people. Father, we just want to move on um, just for a few more minutes. 
to just confess on behalf of our nation. Father, we as a nation are rapidly forgetting you. Father, I I confess to you that there is an anger and a rage in our nation. And Father, on behalf of of the nation that we live in, I, I repent. I confess, I ask that you would forgive our nation for, for anger and rage. Father, for our country that is so addicted right now. Father, I confess to you that, that there is addiction and I pray that you would forgive us as a nation, that you would help us as a nation. Father, I pray that you would forgive the church for not seeing the least of these nearly often enough. Father, I was just told that in Hawking County, we have the highest uh, overdose rate per capita in the whole state of Ohio. And Father, I, I know that two people this week overdosed and went to most likely a Christless eternity Father, break our hearts as your people and as your church. And Father, we just uh, confess that to you and pray that you would forgive our nation. Father, for the rampant sexual immorality and perversion that our country just revels in. Father, we confess and repent of that. Again, Father, I I pray that you would forgive our churches for falling short. Father, for pornography and for sex trafficking for those kind of things that are partially the cause for all the abortion. Father, we confess those to you. We we pray that you would forgive us because they're not going away because of people making money. And so, Father, we confess that to you. Father, we confess to you greed. Father, forgive us as a nation for our greed. Father, I confess to you on behalf of our nation, hate. Father, there is so much hate in our country going in all sorts of different directions. 
Father, I just, I pray that you would forgive us for hate. I pray that you would forgive your church for the times that we have helped push it along. Father, for for our past, part of the, the reason the alliance was built was because churches weren't allowing Irishmen and 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 Italians to come to their churches as they were getting off the boat. Didn't want them. So, Father, I, I pray that you would forgive your church for for racism. I pray that you would forgive your church for the ways that we've treated people that were gay over the years. That, uh, Father, we haven't presented your word well to them. Father, that, yes, homosexuality is sin. It says so in the Bible, but, Father, that you've got so much, something so much better for them. And, Father, we've, we've said some pretty hateful and, and mean things over the years. So, Father, I pray that you would forgive our church, but not just our church, but the church. And, Lord, I, I pray that you would just forgive our, our nation for seeing each other as less than somebody created by God. Whether that comes through racism, whether that comes through abortion, whether that comes through genders that you created, man and male and female, and now we create them whatever we want them to be. Father, it all comes back to we look at each other as less than. And Father, I pray that you would forgive us. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I pray that we would find ourselves in this position more often. And Father, I thank you for the freedom and the joy that you bring in knowing that as we release things to you, as we confess things to you, your word says that you have taken those things and moved them as far as the east is from the west. And that can only be done by the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for that blood. We thank you for our king. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.